0: The United States of America is called a Christian nation, Christian nation, Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith,
1: Faith, politics, politics,
2: politics, history, history, and current current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The Michigan Wolverines hockey team defeated the Penn State Nittany Lions 2-1 in overtime in the NCAA tournament last Sunday. Penn State seized a 1-0 lead when Connor McEachern tallied a goal with one minute and two seconds remaining in the second period. Michigan trailed for the next 13 minutes and 10 seconds until Adam Fantilli lit the lamp on the power play, which preceded the game's conclusion after 52 seconds in the extra session thanks to Mackie Samoskevich, who fired a beautiful snapshot past Liam Soulier into the top left corner of the net. The Mays and Blue will battle the Quinnipiac Bobcats in the Frozen Four semifinal next Thursday night at 8.30. In curling news, the Switzerland women's team defeated Norway 6 3 to capture the World Women's Curling Championship this past Sunday. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Ah!
0: I declare that curling is now the national sport of the United States. You cannot imagine anyone curling taking a knee on that ice for the national anthem. They just won't do it. It's just too cold, right? So there we go. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Curling it is. I declare it. Make it so. I was sitting in a restaurant the other day, just yesterday, yesterday morning, when it was actually nice out before the storms hit. Um, it was beautiful, it was sunny, and I'm, I'm at the restaurant with my friend, and I'm looking outside, the restaurant was in a strip mall, and I'm looking outside, and I'm noticing every everyone that's walking, there are, there are um, moms, well, I hope it was the moms, with kids, you know, holding hands, uh, walking through the parking lot, men, women, teenagers, not a single one of them looking up, not a single one of them with a spring in their step. All of them walking them with their heads down, acting depressed, and, and you could just feel the tension and the lack of hope and the lack of—I don't know how to put this—just lack of hope. I, I guess that's the way to put it. That everyone is doing, and people. These are people that are getting out of cars that have uh, uh, Biden bumper stickers, and I'm, I'm thinking, wow, they—they have—they have the presidency. They, they, they have come up with a witch storm against an ex-president that they can't stand. Why aren't they happy? And I realize they can't be happy because there's no redemption. There's zero redemption in socialism. There's zero redemption in their view of social justice. It'll never be right. They can't be happy. I was thinking about not too long ago, a few, a few years ago, a woman, who who recognized my voice in line, and uh, she started talking to me, and she started thinking I hated her and everything else. We got into a beautiful conversation, and I asked her a simple question about where the law in our heart comes from. I said, "Are are you a uh, uh, autonomous? Do you believe that the heart, the law, comes to each person individually within themselves, or are you a theonomous? Do you believe that God puts the law in our heart?" Or do you believe in a heteronomy that uh, the law is just passed down from top down and that's it? And she gave the answer that she believed in an autonomy. But then I asked her this one simple question. Well, then if my view disagrees with you and you think I'm wrong, are you going to take away my autonomy? Are you going to take away my thoughts saying that I can't have them, that they're wrong? Because if you do so, We no longer live in an autonomy, we live in a heteronomy, it's a top-down. You're going to tell me what I can and can't believe. We live in a country today where everyone can be themselves as long as you think the way they do. For the second you think any different than they do, they take away your autonomy, your right to your own thought. Conversation with a young lady yesterday afternoon in the parking lot. I was getting out and I was noticing she had some really colorful bumper stickers and stuff on her car. And uh, she's actually out dusting one off and uh, started talking. And I didn't tell her who I was or who I voted for. And I just talked to her and I was asking her about some of her bumper stickers. And she started talking about the evil Republicans and the evil conservatives. That we shouldn't have the right to be saying what we are saying. We should not have the right to be voicing our opinions. We should not have the right to even vote or, or participate in conversations. I asked a point blank, I said, well, what do you think? Should we get rid of the First Amendment? Her response, first of all, spoke tons. She said, which one is that? I felt like being a well, a smart <clears throat> me, but saying it's the first one. That's why it's called the First Amendment. But I explained, it's the freedom of religion. It's the freedom to the right to assemble. It's the freedom of the press. It's the freedom of speech. Should people be able to say stuff that disagree with you? She says, yes, that needs to be getting rid of that and the Second Amendment. She knew very well what the Second Amendment was. She's already had that drilled in her head. But now they want the First Amendment taken away. Now, that doesn't just control speech. That controls your right to assemble, your right to free press, your right to believe in God. That needs to go away. It's harmful. You see, they say we're autonomy, but they're really what they're saying is we are a heteronomy. We want to rule from the top down. And if you think different than us, you don't get to live. You don't get to be part of society. You must be vanquished. Yesterday, I'm going through and thinking about all this and how they are trying to minimize us. Uh, get this, a shooting in Nashville. Tell me how this happens. A shooting in Nashville. Of course, we all know that the left is going to make it automatically about guns. But here's what I don't understand. They have now taken the shooter and made the shooter the victim. Where is this America coming from? Where is this America developed from? This is not the America that we've seen as children growing up where we had hope. Where we, we knew that America was a great nation. No one's going to mess with America. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. We said that with pride. Where is it when, when you stand up at a sports event with your hand over your chest and the national anthem would play where the national anthem would actually bring tears to the veterans that were in the audience and to those who were married to them and the family members of those veterans would have tears in their eyes from the national anthem. Where is the America? Where the people that live here says, it's great to be American. Those who want to say it are shoved under the table, say we don't have opinions. We don't have a right to voice our opinions. But we're allowed to have any thoughts we want as long as it agrees with theirs. Where is the America that we as children used to have hopes for? I heard a song, someone put this song on my mind yesterday as I'm going through all these thoughts. I am going to, I'm going to take a few minutes of your time. I'm going to play this song because the words, I want you to listen to them. I want you to listen to the words. It's an old song. It's from when we still had hope. But it was at a time where we saw the nation still starting to face a little bit of divided way. And and the question or the statement made in this really, really spoke to me. Derek, can we play that song? I know other people were expecting the version from All in the Family, (laughs) which would have been another good one. Those were the days. Our starry notions have passed away. The hopes this country have passed away. I remember when this country had hope. But now we take shooters and we make them victims. We blame a tool for the insanity caused by the left. What I mean by that, we blame the guns for the mental illness that's caused by the left. You want to point a finger at who's the cause for all the mass shootings? Who's the cause of people being so depressed? Who's the cause of people being so upset? Who's the cause of rising suicides in this country? Who's the cause of a massive depression going larger and larger? You want to know who to blame? It's the Democrats. It's the socialists. It's the progressives. They have driven this country to a point of madness. And what we have, even if they got rid of the First Amendment, what we have that they can't take away is an almighty God. Someone we can look at and say, we know, though, through all this, God has a plan. But I'm tired. I'm tired of the progressives trying to blame the whole world on their mistakes. There is no redemption in social justice. There is only power to be gained by those who wield it. And that's the Democrats. And we keep voting for it. We keep voting for it. And not just at the national level, but at the state level, at the local levels, we keep doing it. In my community, we voted down tax increases a number of times over the last two, last two uh, election cycles. We have a few Republicans on there. We have one Republican who who ran on promises of saying, hey, I'm gonna lower your taxes, I'm gonna lower, lower your water rates, I'm going to I'm going to be more casual. We're going to shrink government. Now that same Republican saying, hey, we're getting a bunch of money from the state because of COVID, and instead of using that for the citizenry, they decided to take our meeting hall, expand their offices into our meeting hall, move into the school saying, because we don't have room anymore to have a meeting hall because we expanded our offices into it. We got to go into the school now. And now they're going to use these millions of dollars they're going to get from the state to build a new township hall. So much for not expanding governments. So we even have progressivism within the Republican Party. We call them rhinos. It's not just my township. It's all over the place. It's not just my state. We find in every state we have rhinos. We have we have these Progressive liberals putting on the mask of conservatives and doing everything in their power to kowtow to the progressives on the left. How do you not see it? Why do you keep voting this way, people? Wake up. Remember? Remember the good old days? Those were the days hey my co-host is ed bonderink i think i'm gonna bring him right in time if you want to comment on this show please feel free 734-822-1600 if you call in and you are a rhino i can guarantee i will hang up on you go ahead ed how do you know
1: i mean right off the bat and and do you pretty much figure it out their lips start moving (laughs) yeah but you know I, i gotta say a couple things i i i don't think you should be chastising our audience asking them why they vote this way because i don't think they do it's a rhetorical I think you question, made a very right? good
0: point that was totally a rhetorical question and yes for those who voted voted the correct way and you think the way i think i like you and you're okay you get to survive all right <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's being you know
1: irony. and I, this isn't a plug for my show but in doing research for my show I became familiar with a term I've heard many times. I'm sure you are already familiar with it, but it's something I just like go over my head, like it's some kind of leftist term that I really don't care about, called dialectic. And I found out it's in in itself it's a harmless term. It just speaks of opposing views, two different opposing views, and and then trying to hash it out. Well, the the term has always been used by the left, you know, the dialectic, the dialectic, but then. All of a sudden they want to shut down our free speech so there is no dialectic the young woman you were talking about she doesn't want a first amendment she doesn't want protection of speech and you ask where do these people come from well my kids went through public school and they turned out relatively okay but i'm not so sure about their kids now their kids yes but i mean the generation of their kids what we're seeing happening in the schools is finally to the point where you know You just don't they don't won't won't teach gender properly. They won't teach uh, uh, American history properly. They tell people that there's nothing exceptional about America. Where did Obama get that? By the way, there's nothing exceptional about America. And when they hear that from authorities, then they say, well, geez, maybe that's true because I heard it on TV and it was the president's lips that were moving when it was said. So there's these appeals to authority that do that to us. Also, the authorities in the classroom who say. You know, there's nothing special about America. Or uh, Samuel Gompers was a great American. You know, Woodrow Wilson was one of our best presidents. And then you get where I'm going, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Let's face it. The problem, the problem isn't since Obama, even though that's when it went on steroids. We have to admit that's when it went on steroids was with the mm-hmm. election of Obama. But yeah, you can trace it back to Teddy Roosevelt. Who, much like his cousin, was a socialist that just had an R in front of his name. He's one of those rhinos I was talking about, but not as bad. He actually would have hunted rhinos if he could. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he he had a lot of very socialistic ideas, just like his cousin FDR. Wilson very much so took Wilson and it basically is the one who pulled the trigger on it at all, if you ask me. Um, uh, and, and back to your statement of why am I. I'm not chastising all my listeners, but I do know we have listeners out there that do fall to the progressive side. We get them to call in every now and then to try to uh, troll their way into the show. And uh, I'm talking to them. You mean like, like Joe from Wyandotte? Well, okay.
1: Oh, I said his name. I'm sorry.
0: That was only once. You only have two more times. Watch it. Do not say Joe. Okay. Oh, I said it again. Derek, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably at home saying his own name so he can call in. So yeah, <laughs> that'll work. Yeah, I uh, like like the prophet weeped for for Israel. I weep for my country, and not just because it's not the country that we all hoped it would turn out to be. I weep for my country because the system they're adhering to is taking them further and further and further away from God is taking them further away from what you and I have, Ed. By the way, let me wish
1: you a happy Atheist Day. Today is April's Fool's Day, and the fool says in his heart, there is no God.
0: I don't believe in atheists. So. <laughs> I just Neither
1: does Ray Comfort. That's a, that's a very good point. Ray yeah. Comfort wrote a book on that and has a good sermon on it called uh, God Doesn't Believe in Atheists. Right. Everybody has a God. It's just, you know, who's
0: it going to be? So let me ask you this question, Ed. I'm going to ask Derek this too. So he's, I'm going to give him a chance to put on his thinking cap while, while I ask you. It's going to be the same question. When you were a kid growing up and you looked at this country, what hopes did you see? I mean, did you even think about the hopes of this country? Did you think about the greatness of this country? And there's a reason I'm asking that. Because I find out not everyone thought like that, which kind of shocked me. But I know why I did. And I'll explain that in a bit. What were your hopes and desires for this country when you were growing up? I, Derek, you want to go first?
1: Okay, I'll go first. Is this an open, open book test? Yeah. So I had no real hopes. You know, I just wanted to grow up to be productive. But I felt that America was the place that It was, it just was in the background. It wasn't something I ever gave thought to because I grew up watching a particularly Disney uh, uh, venue that supported America and American principles. I I learned about Davy Crockett and being a good guy and, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Boone and uh, uh, the Swamp Fox, who was a patriot, you know, and and self-sacrifice and the promotion of American ideals and what they were, you know, I was taught to cherish American ideals.
2: How about you, Derek? I was pretty much engrossed in all Detroit sports teams. And now I'm living out my dream, having my own sports program here on Wham radio. And I knew I was in a a free country. So I was, when is that show?
1: When is that show by the way? (laughs)
2: It's called the Stone Cold Sports Truth, every Sunday afternoon from 1230 to 1. Tune in if you're a big sports fan. And or even if you're a small
0: sports fan. Yeah. yeah. Height at, does not matter.
2: Yeah. At big or small, anything in between, go ahead and tune in. Or if you want to learn more about sports, I'm more than happy to educate you That's- on on it.
1: That's why I listen. I could care less about sports, but I listen because I like listening to you talk about it. And you, you bring up some really good legends and people that we can we can aspire to emulate too. Or you've done that with uh, particular baseball players during World War II. I remember that.
0: And you saved me from ever having to ask, "What time's the game on?" But I don't have to ask that anymore. So okay. here, here's why. Here's why I uh, did. Derek
2: I,
1: answer. Did he finish answering? Or did I cut what Was that
2: yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty no, much yep, the the summation okay. of you're my answer. You're living your dream.
0: Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Some dreams are sad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say <sing> it. <laughs> no, no, I'm just teasing. Just teasing. Now, it's here, like another song. Is that all there is? <laughs> is, is that, yeah. Um. When when I was uh, very young. I love this country. I remember my friend Tommy Johnson and I, we were trying to decide how we could form a band with two people um, and become as big as the Beatles. Lip sync. Well, yeah. It's and has Millie Vanilla came along and <laughs> stole that idea from us. So that was up. <laughs> and then uh, after my parents got a divorce, I moved to Canada. And what I found was my acceptance in Canada Another one of these very polite people that you're loved wherever you go. Believe it or not, um, had a lot of things to say to me, and mostly it was started out with "Go home, Yankee! Yankee, go home!" And when I'd get into school, my teacher, first day of class, said, "Do you think there's any classes that you have over there in the United States that we don't have here?" And I said, "Well, I'm going to assume you don't have U.S. history over here." You know? Simple enough. No. I, I don't think you have US history over here. And he was right. They teach it from a Canadian perspective. But I found myself at a very early age having to defend my Americanism to other people. What's so great about United States? You didn't say America over there. They said, Well, we're American too. We're in North America. You know? Um, what what was so great about being a US citizen? And uh, I had to defend that from a very early age. And I do it even to today. We'll be back after these messages.
1: With your host, Pastor Richard
3: Dietering on WAM.
2: Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Red Wings defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins 7 4 this past Tuesday. Jonathan Behrgren, Andrew Kopp, and Dominique Kubelik each scored a goal in a span of five minutes and four seconds in the opening period to give the Red Wings a 3 0 lead but the Penguins tallied the next three goals to tie the game in the middle frame. Detroit regained a one-goal edge when David Perron lit the lamp nearly four minutes into the third period before Pittsburgh evened the score one minute and 21 seconds later. The Red Wings exploded for the last three goals in the final four minutes of regulation, two of which came off the stick of Perron, and the other was an empty net goal, courtesy of Dylan Larkin. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering.
4: That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue, because I can do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing, gimme, give gimme, give that ding, uh-huh.
5: These people.
3: Got to stop them
0: somehow. So we're back. So I was talking before the show that uh, as a child going to Canada, I found myself in a position that I was defending my beliefs, defending my nation from an early age. I was taught by my grandfather over here, Rudy Dietering, the importance of the, this great America and the freedom that this country had to offer. So when I was under attack, when I moved to Canada, I learned that I had to defend my beliefs. I had to defend what I stood for, even at an early age. Later, I learned that, that concept of teaching your children and raising them up. Well, that, that really wasn't just a grandpa thing. That, that, that was a God thing. He told Israel to bring their children up properly to teach them. The, the Mayflower brought over all these wonderful people who said, hey, the education of children start in the home. We have to teach our children what this country stands for, what it represents. I was talking to a young lady I will not mention her name. She One way she really surprised me because I said they don't teach rhetoric in school anymore. She says, well, they did at my school in English class. They taught rhetoric. They taught ethos, pathos, logos. And I, I was impressed that she knew those three words. Um, and she said because our school thought it was important that we could form an argument. I tried to explain to her this was not the normal in schools. She's the first First person I've ever heard that just learned it in an English class. Now, you can't get a whole course in rhetoric in one English class unless they throw out all the other other parts of the English class. But it was still a start. But then she said this, and she just passed by it so quickly. She says, we are scared in this world because we live in a superpower. And we don't like it. We live in a superpower, and it scares us. They were taught that living in a strong nation is bad. I think they should look at history to find out it's the weak nations that got trampled over. It's the weak nations that got taken over. It's the weak nations that got to run by dictators. The United States has a strong constitution. The United States has a strong belief in God. And we have a government that was designed to protect that strong belief in God. Giving you the right to believe in it. And that constitution is what made us strong. It's that freedom that made us strong. It's not something to fear. However, I will say the progressive have weaponized our government against the southern people. That's something to be frightened about. When it can be weaponized against you. For that little diatribe I just said about my little township, I wouldn't surprise me in a moment, even for a moment, if all of a sudden I got some notice for something on my door. It would not surprise me. Notice? <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm concerned more about uh, other, you know, large amounts of uniformed people showing up at my door.
0: Yeah. What are you really afraid about? Are you afraid about uh, living in a superpower? Are you afraid about government weaponizing itself against you? We got Joe on the phone. And uh, he wants to talk about uh, the good old days, or a comment about the Democrats, I'm sorry, comment about the... Hold on here. I gotta take a caller first before Joe. There was somebody waiting longer. We got John on the phone. I've lost I've lost uh I've lost Derek. Derek. Derek, I got John on the phone. He wants to talk to us. Do not deprive John his great day to have a chance to speak to me. <laughs> hey John, how you doing?
3: I'm doing I'm doing just fine. Uh I just wanted to make a few comments. Uh, first of all, I'm 75 years old. I was born, for those who are doing modern math, it's, uh, I was born in 1948. Um, so, uh, my opinion is that, uh, I, I love my country, but I fear my government. Uh, I, when I was young, we used to be able to play out in the woods, we used to be able to run around and, you're like a bunch of wild Indians and nobody bothered with us. Nobody, we'd go home when the light street lights came on. That was all it was asked of us. And uh, nowadays, if you go out in the woods, and do something, you're going to get arrested for trespassing because they're so afraid of lawsuits. And And, uh, when I was in junior high school in Detroit, I, on Fridays, we would carry our twenty twos to school and put them on our locker. After school, we'd go down in the basement where there was a range, and we'd shoot our .22s in the, on the range in the basement. Um, that's impossible today. And yeah. um, uh, the Democrat is a uh, uh, mental illness. <laughs> and uh, so... Anyway, love your new song.
0: Uh, <laughs> Appreciate it, John. You know it's uh, yeah, we got Joe coming up here in a second. It it, things have changed. I remember as a kid before it was a big thing when I lived up in Gaylord, Before we moved to Windsor, we could take our 410 and go out and do grouse hunting. You know, without an issue, without without a problem, it was expected. We lived in the woods. If you want, if you wanted meat on the table, you went out and you shot a grouse. I wish I had the three students. Look at the grouse. Look at the grouse. But it's a the three students get. But we'd go out hunting if we wanted to. You know, we could go out bullfrog thumping, and we we went out and had fun. But we were taught in a home. We were taught first about God. And we were taught about the possibilities of growing up American, the great the great dream, which is now dead. Our last caller, caller put it right. He loves his country, but he fears his government. Take a look what's happening. Do Is there a reason why people should fear the government? I would say the way they're wep- weaponizing it, please understand the power's in their hands. We, the people, put it there. For those who want to unweaponize the government against its own citizens, it requires us to go out and vote. Vote early and vote often. Joe, you're on the phone. Yeah, look at the gross, look at the gross.
5: Yuck, 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 yuck. I knew what you were going for there. But first, yeah, yeah, I want to talk about the song. Thank you for playing that. That was great. But first, Ed, oh, you know, I owe you one now. My heart dropped. He texted me <laughs> just basically saying, despite you guys mentioning my name, Theron banned me so I couldn't call. And. I forgot what day it was and my heart dropped. I'm like, what the...
0: (laughs) We do not have a beat button, so watch it.
5: Yeah, that's why I stopped myself, but you you got me good, Ed. So you know I owe you one, but yeah, I'm glad you played the song. And we not only have to defend the country, we have to defend the concept of MAGA, because the left, of course, is, well, what do you want to go back to the days of slavery? Excuse me? Do you remember the Clinton-Gore campaign? They used Make America Great Again on buttons with the Confederate flag. Look, don't take my word for it, look, it is. Up. It was the Democrats that ran the slave states. The Democrats fought a war to preserve slavery. The Democrats created the KKK, killed not just blacks, but all Republicans who were for the abolition of slavery and black rights, white and blacks, and every shade in between. It was the Democrats that created segregation and the Jim Crow laws and the yada, yada, on and on and on and on, and there was no great party switch that they try to pull these days, saying that, oh, well, the party switch, we, the Republicans, the abolitionists, believe in preserving the promise of what this unique republic was and is, and that we would get better. We would get past slavery. Like Frederick Douglass said, he was uh, an anti-American at first until he actually read the Constitution and learned the three-fifths clause was to limit the power of slaveholders, not to preserve slavery. So people just don't understand their history. We preserve the promise, and there are other republics. Russia, technically a republic, Iran, China. But their constitutions promote the right of the state over the people. Ours is the people over the state, and we... Fight to preserve that free individual rights republic.
0: Hey, thanks a lot, Joe. Joe, I've got to cut you off because, well, um, we've got more to go on this show. And, uh, and your phone's breaking up. So, but, and that's on April Fool's. At least it was breaking <laughs> up in my ear.
1: So, in the uh, words of Tehran, get rid of that cheap North Korean phone. <laughs> yeah.
0: I like that, yeah. Um, why are we buying phones from North Korea? Why are we giving them anything? I just want
1: to know well don't get me going because a friend of mine angry tom was complaining about an update for his iphone i said why are you buying chinese slave labor phones he says well where else would you get your cell phone from i said well from south korea via samsung you know in a, a capitalistic republic rather than Good you point. know a slave made by mike by uh, eagers
0: I kind of thought I knew where, where Angry Tom was coming from until you said that. And I said, Good, good point. My next phone's going to be a Samsung. Hey, wait. No, that phone what is said. a Samsung. Good. <laughs> that's what he said. Still an iPhone, but it's made by Samsung. Because Apple reaches out to all, all people to make phones so they can abuse us with their rates. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we covered it quite a bit, and a lot of it's going to boil down to education. I feel sorry for the students that are brought up in fear, brought up in fear that we live in a government uh, that is strong, that uh, they fear what is possible of us protecting ourselves. But they're not told that our strength is to protect ourselves. They're told that our strength is for colonization, that our strength is for taking over, our strength is for running the world. And that's not what this country's ever, ever been about. Yeah. Can and, I and, attempt to play and, something? Sure. See if it works. It doesn't. You're going to have to get it to Jerry. Yeah. That's odd. Okay. Okay. So.
3: by the way Glenn Miller played. Song
5: that made my history. Guys like me, we had it made. Those were the days.
0: There you go. All right. We got Glenn on the phone. Want to talk about. Uh, uh, before I take Glenn. Before I take Glenn. In the province I grew up, Ontario. Now I hope you folks maybe heard a little bit of Glenn Beck's show earlier this week when he was talking about the Ontario Mathematic Coalition Association, it's a government of f- group. Do you understand in Canada right now to teach two plus two equals four is teaching white supremacy? Because only apparently whites know that two plus two equals four, and by that it makes us more su- superior. I don't know. I. How insulting is that? You can no longer teach two plus two equals four.
1: It's it's so absolutist of you. You're such an absolutist. Don't you know everybody has their own truth? Their own truth. But math is... No, see, that's how how egocentric you are and an absolutist. You think it's your way, buddy. It's not just your way. There are lots of... Do you know in a binary system, two plus two equals one zero one one zero one?
0: Yes, but what's what's 1101 one, 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 what you said plus that again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> huh huh yeah so yeah, we better get Glenn on <laughs> so, yeah Glenn how you doing Glenn
3: i'm,
5: doing I'm fine, start rolling out over how canada you? if you
0: don't calm me down here a little bit
3: you, am i on the air now you are okay um i believe one of one of you are canadian there was a I grew Canadian up in broadcaster named Gordon Sinclair and oh, the uh, Americans. He, he broadcast a, a uh, program, American commentary back in 1973. I first heard it from some immigrants that, that I used to regularly visit their restaurant. They were from Yugoslavia, but this uh, American commentary from uh, Gordon Sinclair in 1973 was, Broadcasted more than once, and it's still on the internet. I checked it out before I called, and I think you'd enjoy it because it was nothing but praise for the Americans for all the things they've done.
0: I've heard so, that before, and yeah, um, yeah, it was really,
1: called "The Americans." That the was Americans. the title. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was a big but seller you pull, too.
1: You, was a,
3: off, you could buy it on it vinyl. Would, it would be a really nice, uh, uh, How long is positive,
5: that,
0: positive note.
5: That's you find how that is, The Thank Americans by, by Gordon
0: Sinclair? He's looking. He's looking at some more. His fingers are moving oh, like yeah. the speed of light. Well, it's about uh,
1: four minutes and 56 seconds.
0: Four minutes. You know what? Glenn, I'm going to take your advice on that. I've got time. I, right. want to, I want to good play day. this. And then we'll have time. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Very Glenn. Good. good. day. If we can find good that, <laughs> we'll play it. Good day. Good That's day,
5: brilliant. eh? That's brilliant.
0: No, I got I grew up. Uh, I grew up in Canada, and I and I, what I learned in the school I went to was a private school. I had a wonderful education. I benefited. The Lord put me there to learn what I needed to learn. But I learned I had to defend what I believed in there.
2: Do we have it? Do we have it up there? Can we play it? I can't play it right now. I'd have to import it into our okay. OM, OMT system before we play it.
0: Who, who played the all, all? Those were the days. Was that you, Ed? Oh, I did, yeah. I played, play, played that one you just put up. Let's see if we can get it from there.
1: No, no, I can't because okay. I recorded that while you were talking and then I played it. I can't play YouTube right in for okay. some reason. Uh,
0: folks, maybe but, next know,
1: week. As far as the Canadians are concerned, this is the country whose solution to healthcare of the elderly is
0: to offer them death uh, death pills. You know, I've- my, my father, When you gotta understand, the Canadian health system was based on OHIP. Another another fine thing. Let's bring 2 plus 2 cannot equal 4 to OHIP. Uh, my father went into the hospital. Uh, he walked into the hospital having his third heart attack. Walked into the hospital having his third heart attack. When they found out he was having a heart attack, it was Mr. Detering. this is your third heart attack. All we can do is make you comfortable. Mm-hmm.
2: Those so are he days. I go home
0: and be comfortable, and he died at the breakfast table. So... There you go eh? <laughs> those were the days those were the days um and and now over there if you want if you need an mri or a cat scan or something like that your booked so far out you can't get in so they're paying people to come over here or they're paying regular rates to come over here to get tests done because their oh won't pay for it over there for them to come over here but they need it to survive
1: and Americans are going to Mexico for surgery because it's cheap, cheaper in Mexico than the United States because our health care system, is jack, our health insurance, our Obamacare, is Jack Price is so out of range that people go where there isn't any. So there's market competition and they can get the surgery done. That's why that one lady got killed. She was getting a tummy tuck or something like that. She crossed the line. The cartel killed her, later said, we're sorry, returned the other two people and I remember that from a couple weeks ago, yeah, she was yeah. going to Mexico for surgery.
0: And yeah, so my answer is this, or my, my solution is part of the solution is this. Grandma and grandpa, when you're listening out there, my grandfather played a great role in my life in teaching me how to stand for what I find is right and how to at least stand up, try to defend what I feel is right. You as grandparents, that's your job. We as, as parents, Try to raise our kids, giving them everything that we didn't have. And that bit us in the ass. Because we've created a world of spoiled, rotten children that feel they're entitled to everything. But we have a second chance with our grandchildren.
1: I think our great-grandchildren. I, I, I mean, really, it's... But, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to go out on a sour note. Oh, We no, have to get no, I got. I got three minutes to pick
0: it up so go ahead so
1: many school boards well so many school boards have been taken back taken back by conservatives like in Ottawa County you know my friend David Coleman his his legal firm now represents the the uh city council I mean I'm sorry the supervisor board of supervisors for Ottawa County and there other counties are doing the same thing it's a it's a thing of the the doctrine of lesser magistrates where Basically, the counties are saying, screw this. You don't get to tell us what to do. We're not enforcing your gun rights, your your gun registration laws. We're not enforcing your uh, diversity, equity and inclusion. We're not. Infer- I mean, that's the first thing these people did was get rid of their D.I.E. motto. And they got rid of their uh, their uh, medical guy, the the chief medical guy in their county. They fired him. They fired. I mean, they just went in and said. No more. Now they're facing some political opposition, but the majority of that people, a red county, took over. And we need to do that locally because on a national scale, the elections are getting stolen much more than can be done on a local scale.
0: Yeah. And on, on that note, um- we only got a couple minutes left here and for those uh, that are in the phone bank i do apologize for this we've got actually more calls on this than i was hoping for, well i was expecting i should say hoping. <laughs> i actually always hope for phone calls on this uh unfortunately they come in at this time when it's kind of hard to fit them on the answer is this grandparents teach your children get them into church you know my the greatest i took my grandsons uh to to for rendezvous at uh, hope church and they they brought their girlfriends and they had a really good time. Like they come to church, and it gives me a chance to spend time with them and fellowship with my grandsons, and they get to learn about God. Take your kids, your grandkids, to church, Grandpa and Grandma. And now I will also say next week at St. Michael's, St. Michael's uh, Lutheran Church uh, in Canton, uh, there is a, a luncheon for men. It's six bucks. You can call up the. Uh, St. Michael's and Canton, and reserve a ticket. It's six bucks for men, three bucks for boys under 10. It's a men's breakfast on Good Friday. It starts at eight. It is always militantly done by 10. You will be out of there by 10. And uh, I'll be speaking at that luncheon or breakfast, I should say. I shouldn't say luncheon, breakfast. I'll be speaking at that breakfast. I'd love to see you all out there. And you can't beat it. Six bucks, six bucks for a pancake and sausage breakfast. You can't even buy an egg for six bucks anymore come on no (laughs) (laughs) and you know you're coming for dinner and a show i'll be talking and it'll be a blessing for me (laughs) and we'll talk about a little bit more about next week also this fall i will be teaching at anchor bible college again they brought me back believe it or not yes i am the professor of uh hermeneutics out there i'll be teaching bible interpretation and biblical archaeology two very strong passions of mine and uh that'll be this fall you can enroll in that or you can enroll in the spring uh cuz i got some great classes this spring too and i'm well i'm taking a, the spring off cuz well uh, i need a break <laughs> but love love to see some of you in my classes so do students yeah they sure do i hear music and on that note you have a blessed day take your grandkids to church love you all see you next week on a moment of clarity
1: You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on WHAM Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on WHAM Radio.